We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hello, friends. And we mean it. You are our friends. BFFs. It's nice to have you back. I don't know about BFFs. We won't go that far, Julie. True. I guess we We're haven't friends, met a person. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you are our virtual friends. But um, actually, some of you we've met in person and became IRL That's friends, true. which is kind of crazy to think about. We had a gathering in San Francisco. What was that, two years ago? Yeah, it was during the right? pandemic. And you know, this actually came back. You know how on Facebook you get those reminders mm-hmm. of posts? There was a photo that was posted that one of our community members took because this whole group met in San Francisco. People flew from all over the country to meet up in person. People that mm-hmm. had, they had met in the Love in the Time of Corona Facebook group that we had. And I commented on it saying, like, who would have thought when UA and I are just talking to ourselves that this entire <laughs> community would form and people would be flying across the country to meet up with each other. Who would have thought? And it was a week's worth of activities. People went hiking. They went to restaurants and bars, explore San Francisco, explore the NorCal. It was a, like a whole production that people did. And it was also wild for us because we had seen everyone on Zoom. Yeah. So you don't know how tall someone yeah. is. You have no idea what they're like, what their vibe is going to be like in person. And it was just so wild seeing everyone just right there in front of you <sighs> in the flesh. You know, I, I don't want to wish back the pandemic in any way, but that time was kind of fun that we were so invested and en- like engrossed in this community that was virtual. It felt like people were friends. You are still friends. It was such a beautiful time. <laughs> I don't want to speak in past tense. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's why we call you friends. Truly our friends. And I feel like because you all know so much about us now, <laughs> hope it feels like we're friends to you too, because you know a lot about us. <laughs> More than some of our friends do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, we have friends who will say, I get updates about oh, right. you two through the podcast. Okay. Your friends say that. My friends don't say that. <laughs> okay. All right. My friends say that. That. My friends, my friends will say, "Oh, I just found this out about you through the podcast." I'm like, yep, <laughs> it is true. It is true. Well, that is a good segue to this episode, it actually, is. because yeah. when you put up this post that we were talking to the girl that your ex cheated with, I would say I got a ton of DMs from a lot of our friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not surprising. Not surprising. If you, you know, looking back at the photo of all of us meeting up in San Francisco from two years ago, if I had known then that fast forward two years, I would be out of the relationship and talking to the girl that had a fling with my ex, I'd be like, shut the front door. Like, no way in hell that would happen. But here we are. 
dreams do come true. I will say I've had a few friends, mutual friends of ours that, you know, like don't want to, like they've, they've obviously discussed with you, but they want to know more what mm-hmm. happened, but want to be respectful. And I'm like, it's all on air. Just to listen to this episode. I know. I don't need to repeat it I for know. you here. Just listen to this. It's here for just you. Just listen. I know I've sent, I've sent the episode to a few friends. Just like, listen, there's so many details. Yeah. I don't need to go through it. Just- you're probably so sick of telling this story by now too, that you're just like, I don't Actually want it. Actually not. <laughs> Actually, I really enjoy telling the story. This is why I don't fuck anybody over, but don't fuck someone with a dating podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it is fucking great content. Let's not forget that. I will say this episode, though, is freaking killer. Like, just as killer. an external person in this, the mutual party. I mean, first of all, it's amazing that that someone, you know, Kelly is our guest today, was willing to come on this podcast. She is such a lovely person. I love that we're so approaching this because, you know, we never talk about the other woman and what's going on for them. I hate that term, the other woman, but, you know, obviously we'll use it, but it just feels so, like, mm-hmm. diminishing to them as a person because as we learned from this episode, this also impacted her in a way that you never would have thought because we're so focused on the you know i guess main characters of this drama you and your Mm -hmm. ex not the supplemental roadkill as you like to call it the people that are impacted by you know poor dating decisions by others you know sometimes you just you get involved in these situations that you don't even know what role you're playing because in your mind, you're the main character, right? You're like, you don't understand what how this is impacting other people. So the reason why we are doing this episode is to tell a different perspective that's never been told before from the perspective of the other woman. And how this came about is just a little rewind in case you miss the update. You know, I was in an almost five-year relationship, discovered that he had been cheating on me through message exchanges. That was the first time I discovered it. And they were between him and Kelly. So About a month ago, I was just, I couldn't go to bed. I was just like wide awake. And I thought, who is this other woman? I really want to know. In my head, I had an image. I already gave her a voice. I gave her outfits. You know, I had this this idea of who this other woman is already, but I didn't know. So I went back to the messages because, hell yeah, I took screen grabs. Her phone number was on, I remember, oh, of course, there was a phone number. So I looked up her phone number and her name came up right away. And then the second thing that came up was her Instagram. So I'm like, holy shit. And now I'm putting a face with a name. So you Googled her phone number. I Googled her phone number. And when I did that, I remember doing this the first time I found out, just being like, who is she? Who is she? Nothing came up. Hmm. So it's kind of strange that a few months later, this information, again, the universe is like, okay, now you're not in the anger, anger, I want to kill people stage. You can put a face with the name. Her Instagram came up and I followed her and she followed me right back. So I was like, holy shit, does she know who I am? (laughs) And then she started posting some stories that really resonated with me. So I was like responding back to them and engaging with her. And finally, I confessed, hey, Kelly, I just want to confess like I, I know you because of this person's name. And immediately she was like, oh, my God, girl, we need to talk. So she knew right away that that's, you know, I was the other woman in this story. So we had a lovely conversation over the phone the first time. We talked for over an hour, and then we did meet up for coffee a few weeks later as well. Yeah, I remember when you were like, she is wants to be on this podcast, and we want to tell the other story. <laughs> I'm just like, holy shit, what is happening right now? But it's very interesting what you said about I was trying to identify this person. I was picturing mm-hmm. who she was, and I feel like we do this so often, even outside of a cheating scenario. Like, let's say the person you were with, you know, ended up DTRing with someone else. Like we try to like build it up, but it's funny because she was also doing the same for you. It had her own insecurities going into dating. And we always like think that like this person has it all figured out, like the other person. It's like grass is greener syndrome for the other. But you know, it pits women against each other. And I hate that. I I really fucking hate that. And I also hate the fact that that my mind went there first. I went into the comparison game. Who is this other woman? 
how much better is she than me, right? And then I realized, no, I'm like, we're talking about a human being and her life, her emotions, her her health, her safety, all of it was involved and affected in the story. And it's just another human being living out their life. So I'm glad that we can bring this perspective on because now we're putting a lot more depth into this story and you'll all see how much more (laughs) complex this thing gets and how much more angering it gets for me as well. The information I found was definitely not favorable to my ex, not surprising, but also the the extent of his lies are just so infuriating to me, but also makes me so empathetic towards Kelly because she was really, I mean, heavily affected by this whole thing. Yeah, I'm I'm curious for you, and I know this is hard because you obviously went here because I could see it going both ways, that this could be extremely helpful for your healing, then also on the other side, maybe harmful because you're just learning things that you don't necessarily need to know at this point. You're holding on to it still, right? It's still occupying a lot of mental bandwidth in space. How do you think like connecting with Kelly has helped you move forward? And then like, how are you going to kind of move out of this to let go ultimately? I think what really helped me was to understand the level of deception that she went through. Because I think for so long after when I discovered the messages, I felt like the fool. Mm. I kept thinking, how how did I not see this? How was I swindled? How did I get myself into this situation? I thought I was a grown-ass woman (laughs) who is smart and also studies dating. Like, how could I have missed this? And hearing Kelly's story, it just shows you, and you'll all hear this, the level of deception does go into our emotional needs. He was very good at giving you what you emotionally want from someone. And especially a stranger that you just meet serendipitously, you do think about, wow, maybe this person was brought into my life for a reason. So I think that it really helped me just to understand that I wasn't the only one deceived. I like that. And then I think what also helps me with the healing is telling her my side of the story, telling her, you know, the text messages he was sending me while he was with her so that we can just get a more holistic picture of the story. Because background is, you know, in our almost five-year relationship, it wasn't just he and I in the relationship. His ex-wife was always in the Mm. relationship with us. Not physically, but I always put her as a third party. And I never talked to his ex-wife about any of the issues that we were having that I thought she had caused Mm. for us, right? So now I am bringing, bringing Kelly, I can take her out of the equation and say, okay, well, there is no like a fantasy or an ideal of someone anymore. This is like a real person. That's really interesting because I think, yeah, like my mind went to it would just like prolong it. But I do agree like getting out of that fantasy and snapping that is really helpful because you're now living in reality of seeing Kelly as a human, not just as this other woman. A real person. Yeah, like the ex-wife, like maybe if you had known their struggles and seen more of that or known who she was more, not just had this vision that you were creating from limited info. That could have actually alleviated yes. some of that, you know, conflict that arose because of this perception. Yes. But it does leave, and I agree with you, Julie, I think some of this is probably more hurtful yeah. than if I didn't know some of this information, and especially some of this information involving my family, which you all hear. But it does beg the question, and this is something I've been struggling with recently, is, is someone a cheater because they've been presented with the right opportunities, or are they just not a good person? It's like this question of opportunity Mm. versus will. Yeah. And I often think about this because, you know, (laughs) we're humans. And even if you're in an exclusive long-term relationship with someone, you're bound to have a connection with someone else in your lifetime. And what do you do with that information. I'm not trying to make excuses for cheating. Cheating is absolutely bad. But if you're presented with these opportunities, how do you react? 
is like the ultimate question and probably the ultimate test of your character. Yeah. And I mean, we will have another episode that we dive into this even more. We have an expert coming (laughs) on. We promise these are like the two cheating episodes. We're not going to like devote the entire season (laughs) to this. Although it is a very riveting riveting (laughs) topic. But we also recognize (laughs) that not everyone wants to hear cheating content all the time. But that being said, I think hearing from this expert of why people cheat was super eye-opening for me. And I I don't know the answer of that 100%. I don't want to give anything away either in that upcoming one. I would like to think I was in that situation, then my character would say no because of that and have that Mm -hmm. willpower. That being said, like I haven't been in that situation. So it's hard to say 100%. I would say like 99.9%, I would have that willpower. But again, like, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one, but I do think there is a level of character of what opportunities you take because it's not just cheating. Like you can always screw someone over and there has to be a yeah. time that you come in and be like, what is more worth it to me? Is it whatever benefit, immediate benefit? Usually it's an immediate benefit too. Am I getting versus, you know, my character, my word, who I am, how I'm going to feel like about myself and what I put out into the world for years to come? I do think that is a maturity. I think it's a level of self-evolvement. So it goes even deeper than just willpower, I think. It just shows you human connections are very nuanced and complicated. There was an article that came out, I think it was in the New York Times, that said 99% of couples will micro cheat on each other at some point in their relationship. And micro cheating is defined as liking someone's thirst trap photos, like an Instagram model's photos or DMing someone or... Uh, you know, having a flirty conversation with someone in line for coffee. We're all going to be going through these micro cheating behaviors, but it's really like, how do you define the boundaries in your relationship? That's going to be really interesting to look at as, um, as we become more digital in this world. Yeah. I mean, there's just more opportunity wherever you go. I think a lot of it though comes down to your personality. It kind of goes back to like, you know, the people that need to date and sample every single person out there versus someone that just commits to one of the first people they meet. Like there's a different personality behind that too. So there's a lot of those levers also that play in because, you know, not everyone needs to sample everything and take every interaction they get or even put themselves in a position to get that interaction. I know, I know. And it could be something that's benign in someone. I think it was really benign in my ex because most of our relationship was during COVID. The world wasn't open. Who are you going to DM? Who are you going to meet up with? And as soon as the world opened, I think whatever was benign in him was activated. And I think it was always in him. It just was the right opportunity and it activated something in him that was innate and off he went. So yeah, it's like, this is why relationships are so nuanced because the longer you, you are with someone, there are just more things that arise that arise because of the complexities of someone's personality. You know, we go into this, this in the episode, but ultimately you need to just be in the best place with yourself so you can pick yourself yeah. up if these things happen. I'm not saying that you shouldn't look for any red flags or see signs and get curious, but sometimes you just can't. Like that's just the reality is different situations present themselves in different ways. And the only thing you can do is when you have information, react at that point and be in a place that you feel secure to bounce back. So yeah, I don't want this to like discourage people from dating, thinking that everyone is out there trying to cheat on them. And, you know, it it did kind of like break my heart even to hear the effect that this had on Kelly too, of like, Mm -hmm. you know, we can't let these one bad eggs though ruin our dating experience and what we want. I truly do believe that more people are good out there than bad. And yes, you can't fully protect yourself that is kind of a risk you take. That is the risk you take with love. But all you can do is have that armor on when you need it. Yeah, you create your own support system because you can only depend on yourself for the rest of your life. So you got to make that support system as strong as possible. And even though I haven't met most of you, 
Thank you for your virtual support. I, I feel the energy. I feel the vibes. I'm getting the messages. It's a continuing saga, but <laughs> it's a triumphant story. And we're all rising together. So I appreciate everyone joining this battle with me because it's been it's been a very triumphant story for me. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad this offered healing for you and Kelly, which I think it did. And that's ultimately, you know, what the goal of this was is to hear different perspectives, but help you both move forward. So yeah, before we get into it, at Dateable Podcast, that's our Instagram, leave us a rating and review, especially after this one, share your thoughts, give words of support mm -hmm. to UA and Kelly. <laughs> Put it in that five-star review. It helps so much. We're getting close to that 1K. We're at like seven-something right now. We're getting close. That's just on Apple Podcasts. So probably even with Spotify, we're about there. But our goal was 1K on Apple Podcasts. So help us get there. Show us some love. It will help your healing journey also. We're really appreciating all the reviews coming in. I think our goal is by the end of the year, we reach a thousand reviews. Yep. So help us get there. I know we can. And also our 22-day dating app challenge is live. This will be ending this Sunday. So Sunday the 10th at midnight will be the last time to sign up. We don't know when we're bringing this back, but we've gotten such rave reviews from past cohorts here of just how it's helped them change their views on dating apps specifically and helping them navigate and see them less as the enemy and more of a way to help your dating life. So if last week's episode resonated with you and you're feeling like, I want to approach this differently, I want to use this tool and make it work for me instead of against me, then this is a challenge for you. So you can go to datablepodcast.com and sign up there. And we'll link it all in our socials as well, just to get you ready in time for cuffing season yes. right around the corner next month. Exactly. That's why this is the time. This is the time to get on it because the next couple months, it's a hot one. <laughs> it's a hot zone. <laughs> um, okay. Well, before we get into it, let's hear a message from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the High Love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at viahemp.com. That's V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to viahemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's viahemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from Via Hemp. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Okay, let's hear it from Kelly. I feel like I'm taking deep breaths. And if that picks up on this mic, that is totally my fault because I don't think I can take shallow breaths through this interview. Thank you, Kelly, for being a part of this never been done interview from the POV of the other woman, which I want to say I really hate that label. Yeah. But for the purposes of content, that's who you are in the storyline. Thank you again for being part of this. I'm honored to be part of the revolution of women's empowerment 
environment. Yes. Extra fueled by the Barbie movie that we both saw <laughs> yes. and felt really strong about after. Yes. And I just want to give a little disclaimer before we introduce who Kelly is. Obviously, this is a story near and dear to me. And the goal of this interview is to tell the story of infidelity from the perspective of the other woman, a view that's often overlooked and villainized. But also, please understand, this is hard for me to completely be objective in the story because it is something that happened to me personally. So I will probably have emotional reactions. I'm still angry. I will probably stay angry for a while. (laughs) So thank you to our listeners, to Kelly, to Julie. And to Stefan, who edits this, for giving me the space (laughs) to express my anger that I think I rightfully should be. I could be here as the objective party if Yes, (laughs) virtually holding my hand. So who is Kelly? She's 32 years old. She lives in L.A. She's been here for a year and a half, originally from Australia. She's currently pretty single and taking a dating sabbatical. All right. Shall we start from the beginning? Taking a dating sabbatical for a good reason after being Scott. Yeah, I was going to say, was this <laughs> yes. part of the reason of taking that sabbatical? Yeah, I think we should definitely discuss that later on and why mm. I've been not dating and celibate all year. <laughs> well, after it's this. so fascinating because you never think of that with the other woman, right? Like no. the other person, you don't think of the effects on them in their dating life, in love life. Right. And then in these cheating stories, you don't think about all parties getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are getting hurt in this story. But this is the part I don't know is that when you went to Art Basel in December, what was your mindset going into Art Basel in terms of dating? So I was excited to be in a new city, meeting new people and being very single. I was excited to flirt with guys, hopefully go out on some of the nights with them. And I was just really stoked to meet somebody that was open for that and also lived in the city that I was from. So I thought, oh, wow, okay, this could be more than just a fling it could actually turn into something and when somebody shows you no signs of any significant partner and is introducing you to all of their friends you think cool we're on the right track here (laughs) I mean I definitely want to go into that but before we do you said you're single wanting to meet people are you recently single like what's been going on in your love life Girl, if we're going to get into that. (laughs) So, yeah, no, let me try and give you the really shortened version of it. Basically, I was dating somebody on and off for seven years, the longest situationship in record. I think I created that Mm. term. And then when I finally moved back to LA a year and a half ago, I was ready to settle down. I was getting my own apartment and, you know, got a full-time job, really getting stability. And then that person didn't want to be in a relationship because they were going on tour. So I was heartbroken. I've been... Mm in my own healing journey since then because it was such a long time to be you know someone to be pursuing you and then when you were finally ready then they decided they didn't want you anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that was really rough so because of that I've definitely been slow to open up and trust others and the dates that I have been on in LA because I didn't really know many people I got on the dating apps and the first dates I went on were so lame and boring I just never took second dates never wanted to see them again so it's just like a string of first dates last year and then this happened just been burnt from it so I just decided not to date anymore so take us through that (laughs) night take us through what happened how you met how things went down you to hear it for the first time this is interesting (laughs) to see your reaction oh my god I'm scared so I was at an event and I was in line to get drinks or something and then he literally like stumbled into me in the line and we just struck up a conversation we were chatting and because he never mentioned that he was there with anyone or with friends that I just assumed he was alone so we just talked for a while then he followed me and my friends around for a while and we had a really fun night and he asked me what I was doing the following night and then he said he's here on a bachelor's trip and he would love to see me again and invited me out the very next night so that first night it was pretty mellow we partied together at that place but we both went home alone but you're thinking like I met someone interesting like what's going through your mind yeah we really vibed this feels so weird to say this to you I'm like so uncomfortable but this is part of the healing journey right exactly 
I just really enjoyed our conversation. He seemed really engaged, really interested, more so than most of the people I had dated. And this is another part that now that I reflect on it is so strange. Why would you be so invested in someone listening so intently, really paying attention to everything I had to say? We were looking at art, you know, really spending time to make me feel special. He really put in that time and energy. So I thought he was genuinely interested and I thought it was going to lead to something because it was more than just a casual run-in with somebody. He seemed invested. And is it okay if for both of you, I'd get consent that I insert what I was getting from my end? during yeah please do okay I would love that yeah because I look back (laughs) through our text messages as well and I wanted to line up the dates and this is so curious this is the night he was sending me all this artwork like look at what I'm looking at (gasps) look at this look at that and now I realize he was looking at art with you (laughs) I just scared my cat oh my god this makes me so sick and I'm getting like hot and sweaty now because he was taking photos which I thought were for stories or whatever right not sending it back to his girlfriend in LA so after this first night and I will also just admit that we're humans you're going to have connections with multiple people in your lifetime even if you're in a relationship I understand this may feel uncomfortable but I also recognize that this is a possibility so I can totally see why you were like this could be something something. So after this night ended, did you think that you were going to see him again? Yeah, because he seemed so authentically interested and inviting me to things and messaging me and making plans, which guys don't really do usually unless they're actually interested. Okay, so he's messaging you. Then what happens? Like, how do you progress this? So the following night, he picks me up and then we go to this penthouse party that his friend is throwing. So I'm like, wow, we're moving so quickly. He's introducing me to all of his friends and (laughs) I'm going to his friend's penthouse and I'm meeting everybody else. And he was very attentive as well. Like he would make sure I was talking to somebody and fine, then he'd go mingle and then he'd come back and check on me. So all of these signs were leading to this guy is genuinely interested. So then we go out with his bachelor party and we go to this ridiculously overpriced, stupid club that they had to pay a ton of money to get into and wait in line like losers, like who even waits? in line at clubs we go into this club and it's just completely ratchet and I just wasn't into it I said I wanted to leave and then he left with me he left all of his Mm -hmm. the bachelor party at the club which was the whole purpose of this Miami trip to go with me so fucked to back to the same party because it was like a three-night event so then we went back to the other place and had a really fun night I don't know why he thought it was okay to ditch all of his friends from me I mean in the moment I thought it was sweet but now it's just so weird you know when you told me about this like on the bachelor party my first instinct was it's so weird that you go to a bachelor party and use that time to try to meet girls like thinking like it's the time to be yeah. with your friends especially when you're not single well I guess what I was gonna <laughs> say though is like that that's hot. why you're doing it because this is your opportunity right oh it was his only time to do it like what a bad friend okay so then what happened after this yeah so then I can't remember if it was that same night or a different night I do remember at one point we all had like a dinner together on a patio with all of his friends so after the rave party the second night I invite him back to my room and oh my god I hate doing this it's kind of funny really like he goes to cheat on his girl and then he can't even get his dick hard (laughs) So then I basically kick him out because I'm like, you're useless to me. (laughs) I was also sharing a room and it just felt weird. And so I was like, you know, let's not even do this. Like, you're clearly not in the state to be able to do this. So, But you guys have kissed and other stuff? Yes, we'd made out. That was it. And so I'm really glad that he was not able to perform because I would have really regretted that. Right. So the universe intervened. Were there any conversations up to this point about relationships, relationship history, dating? None of that, no. So nothing that serious was discussed? Probably intentionally. Because if he started asking me, of course I'd ask him. So, okay, you're partying in Miami. It kind of feels like this is like, you know, a very casual 
we're all drunk. We're hanging out, having fun. Did you think this could have legs to be more when you got back home? Or did you view it as a one night stand? So I am very much a committed long term type person. And so I thought, okay, this could be something eventually got to get to know him. I'm not invested right now, but I'd be open to dating. And when we were wrapping up the weekend, he texted me and he just said, thanks for the time. I had such a great weekend, kind of insinuating like this was goodbye. And I said, well, we both live in the same city. Like, don't you want to spend more time together? Mm. And he said something lame along the lines of sometimes it's best to keep memories in a box. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I'm embarrassed for him. (laughs) It was the weirdest shit. Well, now we know why. Yes. Now I know these flags to look out for. Ladies, if he says keep those memories in a box, then you know the box get the is fuck off out. Yeah, you get out of the box. You, you take your box and you leave. You lock that box. Lock that so box. he can never enter again. You burn that box. So I was like, okay, that's weird, whatever. And so I just like never reached out to him again, didn't maintain contact. And then probably two weeks into being back, he contacted me Wait, again. He reached out to you after saying, let's keep the memories in a box. Yeah, oh yeah, God. that was his ad. Right. He just settled with that. And the day that he texted you that, he said, hey, I'm hanging out by the pool. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Smiley face. Mm. And you know what else is really strange is that when I found your text exchanges together, he had deleted all of your exchanges in Miami. <gasps> so the first text I saw was his text to you in L.A. So that indicates to me that the box comment, he actually was just going to keep it in Miami. He was like, oh, deleting all this. This never happened. And then let's move on to two weeks later. What happens? <laughs> yeah. So then he reaches out to me and says that he'd like to get lunch. And I thought, oh, OK, he's changed his mind because I haven't gone through our text again. I've just like erased my memory <laughs> of him. It's still there, though, so I could go through it. But you said he had invited me to like a bar crawl or something. And I was like, no, not interested in that. Like yeah. I still have standards like I want to be taken out. I want to be treated like a lady. Yeah. And so he invites me to lunch and it wasn't just lunch. It was not just lunch. It was also like, let's go check out this exhibit yeah. mm. at Union Station because it was so weird. We get there and I'm like, we're at a train station. What is this? I guess there's some like architectural exhibit. And then it takes me to little Tokyo and I'm like, oh, this is so cute. You know, we're going to an exhibit and then going through little Tokyo and going to lunch. And Kelly, did you think this was a date? I definitely thought it was a date. Okay, yes. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, for sure. You don't invite a girl that you've, like made out with yeah. to go, you know, check out an exhibit and go to lunch as a casual, let's catch up for coffee. No, and tried to hook up with. Right. Let's put that out there right. too. Maybe right. didn't yeah, totally right. hook up <laughs> with, but tried let's to clarify. Hook up with. Let's clarify yeah. that. Yes. So we're at lunch and then he goes, I have to tell you something. It's so dramatic. I'm like, what is it? And he said, So I have a girlfriend that I live with. Oh my God. And we've been together for a few years and I just, I had to tell you. <laughs> I was like, what do you, why? what do you do with that information? Like, what was your reaction? I don't know. I really was confused why he called me here to meet in person and have this lunch to tell me why he couldn't tell me over the phone, why he had to tell me at all. Like, he didn't even need to reach out. He could have kept it in the box, right? No. <laughs> kept it in the box. He said to keep it in a box. But I remember at one point I made a face because he said something so dumb and I was just like, you know, making a very obvious reaction of this is ridiculous. Wasn't making a noise, wasn't making a fuss in the restaurant, which I could have, could have thrown a drink in his face and Mm -hmm. had that movie dramatic moment that would have been very satisfying. But I was so calm. And then when I made that face, he goes, calm down, we're in public. (gasps) Like, oh God, control yourself. you're the one to blame. Yeah. And then I really made a face. And then I basically told him that, you know, and he said, I'm sorry. And I said, you need to be sorry to her. Like, not me. You need to be sorry to your girl girlfriend and get in therapy and be sorry to you he totally wasted your time wait so you're in the restaurant when he tells you this like you're sitting down about to like eat lunch and he just is like i have a girlfriend yeah what was going through your mind when he told you this I was in so much shock. I felt numb, kind of like that freeze moment, like where there's fight, flight or freeze. I felt like I was just frozen because 
nothing had insinuated that he could have been in a relationship inviting me around with all of his friends it just baffled me so much I think I was in shock and that's why I remained so calm and all I could do was make faces and and then that was too much emotion oh my Mm. goodness like Mm -hmm. how dare I so you're at like an obakaze restaurant right like what it was like a nice restaurant (laughs) it was a nice Japanese restaurant in little Tokyo I made sure I finished eating I was not gonna (laughs) go hungry that day no so (laughs) I finished eating and then yeah I got my own uber and oh he did walk me to the uber because i think he felt really bad he did look like really guilty and ashamed and ua when you described him as like this little boy you know this six foot man and shrunk into a little boy Mm -hmm. that's what he was like again and to me it was like you know a dog that had been kicked and had the tail between his legs and Mm -hmm. he walked me to the car and that's when i told him about get in therapy be sorry to your girlfriend then i just left and never spoke to him again did you ask him why he didn't just break up with his girlfriend why did he have to cheat yeah so he said that he was going to break up with his girlfriend. He had been trying for a while, but then her dad got sick and he felt really bad and he couldn't anymore. Yes. And I didn't know if that was true or not. And it was like so sick. Like gravely ill. Oh yeah, like he was dying. Also, your dad has been like okay for a while now. And also if this were real, do not use it as an excuse to not leave someone. That is the worst fucking excuse to not leave a relationship. Because what the hell are you doing staying in this relationship then? This is Guy's excuse. This is what they use. They pretend they're being the good guy by staying with her during a time of need. Mm. Oh, I'm so nice. I'm staying with her. No, bro. Like, fuck off. We're better without you. Did it work when he told you that, though? Did you think, oh, he's such a good guy? Oh, no. No, I didn't accept that as a valid excuse. So you were done at this point. You leave. Oh, yeah. I was done. Never spoke to him again. He never followed up at that point. It was just... No. So this was just to put in perspective for listeners. This was back in December of last year. Yeah. So we're nearing like eight months since this happened. And then UA reaches out to you. In your head, you're probably like buried this whole thing. Yeah, I buried it. And I just think also when you and I were talking we were trying to figure out why he reached out to me to tell me this and we think like my assumption is that he thought I would be okay with it or yeah wouldn't care and he still had a chance mm. this is why this perspective is so interesting because now we're able to see the deception on both sides right he would basically want to come off like the good guy I'm telling you I have a girlfriend but it's your choice if you want to keep seeing me he was testing the waters for sure and then by him talking about my dad was like well I'm in this for a good reason I'm not a bad person all of this is to create the deception that he is a good person but to put this in my timeline is the day before you went on this date he and I were down in Orange County with my parents we had just taken holiday photos in from the Christmas tree in Irvine and then the day after you two went on your date he said let's do something fun this weekend Universal Studios (laughs) wow and the week After this happened, and Julie's well aware of this, he guilt-tripped me to go to Taiwan for the holidays so I can meet his parents so that we can make this thing like more official to move our relationship forward towards marriage. That's the deception on my timeline. It's so baffling to me because the way that he was saying, I'm only with her because her dad's sick, was implying that he was not going to stay with you for much longer. Right. And that's why right. he wanted to meet me in person because he wanted to test the water, see if there's still something there. Exactly. Oh, I'm only with her while her dad is sick and then I'm leaving. So messed up. And then also, right, UA, he told you he had like a work event when he actually met up with Kelly. Yes. He said he was at a networking event kind of thing that day. <laughs> Ew. I mean, not to mention after Taiwan, we came back in January and he was like, I'm so ready for kids. Let's start trying now. And he was probably hoping that I would, you know, be open to still seeing him in LA. But because I wasn't shut him down, he's like, okay, going back to UA. Let's make plans. Let's go do something fun this weekend. Let's go to Universal. (laughs) Kelly, to be honest, even if you were on board to keep seeing him again, he would have just kept doing that. Both lives. So sick. You can tell from his communication, he wasn't pulling back from you their side. He was like, double down. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast, Exit Interview. 
Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey, and yet we rate everything in our lives, from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review, featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. <laughs> Wait, wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. When she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to go back to Kelly because this is about like the other woman too. Like you're already saying that you're feeling down about dating before meeting him. How does this now impact you? You kind of started off like this is why I'm on a dating sabbatical. What's the impact on your side? So we clearly know the impact on UA's side. <laughs> and we know the impact on his side. Yeah, no, I haven't dated all year. And I haven't been with a man intimately all year. I just have no trust anymore for guys. And so to get to that point, it would take a long time of getting to know someone. And, and guys in LA just don't really put in that time or effort. What were you thinking on that Uber ride back? What a piece of shit wasting my day in an Uber just downtown and back. <sighs> Do I have to expense this at work now? Also, what is this girl going through? Does she know? Did the friends know? Were the friends in on it? Were they encouraging Mm -hmm. him? Was this a bachelor challenge? Were they egging him on? Were they telling him Mm. to do this? Was it like, what what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? There was a lot. And then I think I had to do what he said and put it in a box because there was just no making sense of it. I mean, I think what's interesting about this conversation is we always think like the other woman is like in on this scheme, right? Like the other woman gets so villainized like they did something wrong in this but you were just another person that was trying to find someone find love and also lost trust because of this what advice would you have for anyone else that has found themselves in this position like being part of this cheating scandal but not asking for it at all and just wanting to live their life murder is not an option so don't do it (laughs) um as much as you want to not worth it he's not worth going to jail (laughs) i really love what's come out of this with UA and I. So I would just encourage you to find empathy and compassion with the other woman, no matter what side of it you are on and try and connect with her and explain yourself and be open to her perspective because we are so quick in this society to pin women against each other and to demonize women. And like the Barbie movie says, men and women (laughs) disagree on most things, but what we can Mm. agree on is that we hate women. So really trying to break those cycles and find it within your heart to listen to what the other woman has to say if you can connect with her like try and connect because you never know what beautiful friendship will come out of it and I just feel so empowered by our connection now because I've never been in any scenario like this and I can't imagine I would handle it with as much grace as you have and I'm so blown away by how calm you were when you first connected we have to talk about that (laughs) and how much patience you had and time and there was no anger or there was no like hate or malice towards me you were so compassionate and understanding and you took the time to get to know me and I just am so grateful and blown away by that because that's not what we ever see in movies or media or anything about how women treat each other right because it's him doing these shitty actions it's not your choice to do so and I can't say the same about the other woman because she fully knew that we were together but you had no idea <gasps> so I'm curious to know when I reached out to you <laughs> and I revealed to you how I made the connection what was going through your mind when you saw that go I'm pretty sure I screamed out loud <laughs> first. as soon as you said his name I was like put the phone down I was like oh, it's her <laughs> oh where God, is she <laughs> is she watching me right now how did she find me But I was also excited because I am very much a girl's girl and I love connecting with women on deep issues. I find it so healing and therapeutic to connect with women about our traumas. I know that sounds weird, but 
maybe it's my Scorpio moon. I'm like, tell me your deepest, darkest <laughs> trauma and let's heal it by talking it through. So I was excited that you reached out to me because then I was finally able to speak my truth. And the way that you approached me was so laid back because you followed me weeks prior. Mm-hmm. And I wondered who this beautiful woman was that had this <laughs> successful podcast. I was like, this girl is so dope. I thought it might be someone from my Buddhist community or something. And so I just followed you back, liked some things. And then you commented on a story that was so fitting. I know. When you followed me back right away, I was like, oh my gosh, she knows. I seriously <laughs> thought you knew, but you didn't. <laughs> what was your message? Like when you reached out, like what did you say to her? First, I just commented on some of her stories because of course I was curious. I wanted to scope Kelly out, see what she's like. And I thought, damn, she's a badass. And you had a story that really resonated with me. So I commented on it and then you liked it back. And I was like, oh my God, we're talking. And then one day I was just like, you know, I got to just DM her. So I said, hey, Kelly, I just want to confess how we got connected. Does the name blah ring a bell? And you were like, oh my God, yes, girl. So I then went into our history and Kelly so gracefully offered to get on a call with me, Mm. which I was not expecting. I thought it was just be like, fucking piece of shit. You go, girl. But you were like, I if it's healing for you to get on a call with me, I'm open to that. And I was like, yes, when and where? (laughs) Let's do it. Because I wanted to be respectful of your healing and your feelings and your boundaries like I didn't want to tell you things you didn't want to hear I hate when people do that (laughs) you know ask permission to share plus I had told you UA I had a friend who discovered that her boyfriend who had taken her ring shopping had all these other relationships on the side and she had actually found them and become friends with them so it showed me that it was possible Mm -hmm. and it showed me that was the silver lining to come out of these situations so I kind of took that as the roadmap of, no, the right thing to do is to connect with this woman and give her anything that she needs to heal through this. So I'll ask both of you, what was the sentiment after that phone call? And then what was the sentiment after meeting up? (laughs) Wow. It was such a powerful call. It was one of those (laughs) Mm -hmm. conversations. We had it again when we met for coffee, where you just feel, at least I felt like on such a high vibration. I felt like I'm on the right path. This is so aligned with all the things that I believe in of empowering women, of women coming together to become stronger, of speaking our truth and of just destroying all these stereotypes of Mm -hmm. how society wants to paint women as vengeful, evil, nasty towards each other. To get a man. To get a man. (laughs) And like, neither of us want that man. So why would (laughs) we fight about this man? No. Keep him in a box. And you know, if for lifetimes now, society has been doing that. Look at pageants bunch of women competing with each other for like one crown. That's how we feel when it comes to dating. It's like there's a scarcity of good men out there. So we got to claw at each other to find that good man. And in this situation, what came out of it is I found a great woman who I truly respect. And we're able to kind of grow from this experience. Although I don't know if I'm sad or happy that we're not Pogo sisters, but, you know, there is some sort of relationship there. (laughs) (laughs) Almost Pogo sisters. I've never heard that before. Oh, my God. I've I've heard Eskimo sisters before, but Pogo is, like, way funnier. (laughs) But to answer your question, Julie, what came out of the first phone call was, I was so glad to connect with Kelly, and I was just so angry. I think there were two main themes that made me so angry. One was bringing my dad's situation into the story and lying about it. That, to me, I texted Julie. I was like, when you hear this story, I will tell you why I think he's going to burn in hell for that comment alone, Mm. for that lie alone. Such a cop out. And then the second theme that really enraged me was the friends, because one of the friends he was in Miami with, we have a friendship. I've let him stay at my home. I've been a friend to him. And he was rooming with him at the time in Miami. And he Uh. didn't say anything. And to me, that is just the ultimate sign of respect from a friend. So, yeah, I texted him. I told him how I felt. He never texted me back. But those two things I did right away after I got off the phone call. I'm so proud of how you dealt with things, honestly. Thank you. And yesterday when we met up, 
I just gave her the biggest hug because Aww. it is very healing to meet Kelly and also to know that she is very similar to the way we think and like so in line with the way that we're thinking about dating and love and relationships. And it's no longer the pick me culture. It's no longer pitting women against each other. Yeah. It's like we can only lift each other up. And that's the best way to find love. And Kelly, I assume this is the first time this has happened to you or has there been another instance? No, this is definitely the first that I know of, at least. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a first for me. And have to say 10 out of 10. Wouldn't do it again. But... <laughs> You're like, I don't need to keep doing this. Yeah. <laughs> 10 out of 10 experience. <laughs> it was just the best possible outcome of meeting the woman that I could have asked for because it could have gone so many other ways. I know that there are many women out there that don't have that yeah. patience because it's also just not taught to us to be this compassionate and empathetic. So it's not any other woman's fault to be, you know, fiery, feisty and angry and vengeful towards a woman. Couldn't have asked for a better woman <laughs> in <laughs> partnership to do this with. You bring up a really good point is that you said, this is the first time this happened to me that I know of. Think about it, how many women have been the other woman and thought they were the woman. Yeah. You know you're the other woman when you're told you're the other woman. Right. But how many women have never been told that? So I think this is why it's so important to get your perspective out there. It's like this is the perspective that's always lost. You are a woman with feelings and you felt a connection. You were invested with your time and you were physically, mentally invested in this person and he ended up hurting everyone. Mm -hmm. What about this label, the other woman? How do you feel about that label? I feel fine about it. I don't necessarily have any feelings towards it because it's so new to me that it's not like I've ever identified with it before. Yeah. yeah, I don't find offense in it. You know, I feel like there's been a lot of other people that have been in this situation, right? They think they meet someone awesome. And then it turns out they're not so awesome because they're cheating on someone else with you. What advice would you have for someone that also might be in this situation that kind of gets their hopes up that they met someone different only to find out they're worse than the average? Yeah, they're different because they're worse. <laughs> I am on this journey myself of forgiveness. And it's not easy because you don't want to close off your heart and not trust men anymore because there are some great men out there. I've been in relationship with great men, one in particular who's just like showed me that there are gentlemen that still exist. Chivalry is not dead. It's just <laughs> becoming increasingly harder to find, but it still exists. So I'm on my own forgiveness journey and there's different like mantras you can do for forgiveness and meditations and chants and whatnot that I'm working on myself. But just try and keep an open heart and just look out for these red flags moving forward. Just become a little bit more savvy and smarter. Everything's a lesson, not a mistake. Unless you don't learn from it, then it is a mistake. But just don't become too skeptical because I think the pitfall that I could find myself in is now assuming that every guy is a scumbag. <laughs> so... Right. Give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I think like that's my fear, even with UA too, is like not being able to trust again. So it sounds like for both of you, which will go into my takeaways, is that this affects everyone, your actions when you do something. You don't also know what someone's history is beforehand. It sounds like you were also like kind of recovering and getting back out there. And this was just like this added kind of layer that just set you back a lot. And that's very unfortunate. And people's actions like it really just like impacts people in so many levels that you're not even aware of. So we always say to like be the type of dater you want to be and not be like selfish in the process, only thinking about yourself, like you're hurting so many people in this process, maybe even the people you don't think you're hurting. So that's one thing. And then I guess the second major takeaway is when someone tells you to keep it in a box, keep it quiet, <laughs> like, that's not a good sign. And red flag. Yeah, and I mean, I think like, we want to assume positive intent, but also even like on a bachelor party, right? It's like, why is this person so motivated to be hanging out with me when they're here celebrating their friends? I'm not saying you did anything wrong at what I'm saying this, but it's maybe like through this experience, like stepping back and being like, okay, we can take it slower if this person's legit, like they're going to want to do it or asking more questions about their past relationships or whatever it is. Like, I think the fun part about meeting in real life at like parties it has a good story. But there's a lot that kind of gets lost that we could actually learn from and maybe like know a bit more before we're investing in someone. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
there's a lot of things I could have done to do my due diligence. Yeah, ask about dating history and really look at the eyes, you know, pay attention to how they respond. Any sort of signs that it might not be telling the truth, listen to your intuition because a woman's intuition is so, is so on point. Yeah. And then also take your time. Look, it was Miami. It was a fun weekend. So it was definitely more of a fling. You know, I'm not telling women don't go have fun on a weekend yeah. away, but what I've really learned is I have a lot of feelings and emotions attached to intimacy. Yeah. So that's why I've also been celibate all year because I don't want to get my feelings hurt again. And I really want to take it slow with the next man that I invest time and energy into. Yeah, he's going to have to <laughs> answer all the questions and prove himself before he gets anything that he wants because... I'm not putting my feelings on the line again to just any Joe Blow. Yeah, and I definitely did not say that to infer that you did anything wrong. I think it's human nature that we get excited when we meet someone great. I've had so many friends and have done this myself too, that you just get like really in the moment and you make up this fantasy of who this person is, but we just don't know who they are because we don't know them at all. So it's just the reality of the situation. When I think about this from UA's side, I think, well, there's really nothing she could have done differently. From your perspective, you were getting all the signs that he was a committed good guy. The thing that you did just flawlessly and that I want to recommend every woman to do is maintain your independence because if things blow up and you find out that this good guy is not such a good guy and you've invested in your entire life and maybe you've given up your career, maybe you've moved in with him, maybe he's the one that holds all the power and the finances and then all of a sudden you find out that he's cheating and you have absolutely no leverage and nowhere to go, that's when you're really fucked. All I can say to ladies is you don't have to just assume that every guy is going to cheat on you, mm -hmm. but maintain your independence the entire time, no matter how good this guy is. Always have your own stuff, your own money, your own place, because you do not want to be left on your own after all that goes on top of heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, that goes for everybody. Men too. Everybody just needs to maintain mm -hmm. their strong sense of self and independence so we don't get lost in someone else. Because when that person leaves, your world crumbles. And I am glad that I was able to do that in this relationship, maintain my strong sense of self. But that took years, you know. I'm 42. It took me all these years to really learn that. Oh my God, I thought you were my age. You look great. <laughs> Thank you, honey. <laughs> That's why we get along so well. Flawless. You know, if I were to remove myself out of the story, my takeaway is we have to have higher standards for the people we surround ourselves with. And that goes beyond who we're dating and in relationships with even our friends. And I hope that we can establish that checks and balances for our own friends. Like if I see Julie doing something shady, I'm going to call her out. I'm super shady. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a shady one. Doesn't she look super shady? <laughs> but you know, back in the day, I would just turn the other direction and said, oh, okay, let her do her thing or let him do his thing. In fact, I've been the one even in Taiwan when his friend was cheating on his girlfriend in Taiwan while we're there. I just kind of laughed it off. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I guess your relationship's going to shit but I should have said something. I used to think it's not my place to say something. And now I realize it is my fucking place to say something because these are the people I surround myself with. And I'm going to make sure that they have similar moral standards that I do. And if they don't, I'm going to call them out or I'm going to block them out of my life. And I hope that we can keep lifting each other, the people around us, instead of like covering for them. That's not the right way to look at life. And for some of the guys who found out about this, some of their reactions have been, well, how could he be so sloppy? <laughs> now, if you're the type of person who says that in front of me and says, how can he be so sloppy? How could he have gotten caught? Guess what? You're no longer a friend in my eyes because now I understand where your moral compass is and it's not in the same direction as mine. I mean, the whole moral compass thing is really important. I mean, I don't want people to like assume everyone's a cheater when they're going out dating. No. But understanding someone's just morals and values is actually a very important thing beyond cheating. So have those conversations on early dates. Like we feel like we don't want to go there, but that's going to tell you who someone is and the character of someone is so much more important than if they're six feet or whatever other superficial character trait we tend to judge people off. Mm -hmm. This is actually similar to a show that I've been watching that talks about finances in relationship. And it's actually one of the biggest causes of couples fighting is finances. And it's because they never talk about it because it's an icky topic of conversation. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, these things about finances or relationship status, it's like a weird thing that we avoid at all costs. But then down the line, you pay such a higher cost 
because you've swept it under the rug and it leads to all of your fights and all of your problems. So pull the bandaid off in the beginning. It might hurt a little bit, might be a bit uncomfortable, but it'll heal so much better over time. Yeah. I mean, you can learn so much. Obviously, people could always lie. So I wouldn't say it's bulletproof, but at least you could get a feel of how they react and if it feels genuine or not. Well, when they're good at deception, they're very good at deception. But end of the day, when a person's looking for their prey, they want to look for the lowest hanging fruit. So if you are able to bring up these topics earlier on, the person who is very deceptive will be like, ooh, that's too tough. I'm not even going to try to deceive this one because it seems like she would be a hard victim for me. Mm -hmm. So at least you can create more barriers for them. And that's what I'm doing with dating now, actually, because I just got back on the apps about a week ago. And now I'm saying up front, I'm looking for a relationship, nothing casual, nothing friends with benefits. And I'm creating clear boundaries from the beginning. I don't want a pen pal. I don't want to chat forever. Yeah. Either you call me or you ask me out. I'm not going to keep texting you. So, and I know that is eliminating so many guys who are intimidated by that or put off by that. But like, I'm literally asking for the bare minimum, like of you're on a dating app, ask me out. I just don't do this chatting situationship, talking stage. It's a waste of time. I mean, that's my hope with this whole thing is that for both of you, it can help propel you to that next level. And like, yeah, it's a terrible thing that happened. It clearly affected both of you and your trust and all that. When something bad happens, like how do you use it to learn from and empower yourself? And it sounds like both of you are on those journeys. So I'm so happy you were able to come and join us, Kelly. Like it was really interesting to hear your perspective. Me too. And that's actually what I told you yesterday too, when we were meeting for coffee, I said, we are doing the work to level up. Mm -hmm. Whereas people who keep on repeating the same toxic cycles, because it's so much easier to stay in that comfortable level. And I did it for seven fucking years. And it's so much easier to just fall back in the pattern, back in the pattern, keep doing that cycle, because it's what you know, it's comfortable, even though it's painful. Yeah, you think it's harder to leave, you think it's harder to cut people out and be single and be on your own. I've been doing it for eight months. Let me just tell you, it's the most peaceful I've ever been. (laughs) I've been fuckboy free for eight months and I am glowing, I'm flourishing in my career, life's great. That is the ultimate takeaway from this episode is in addition to getting the perspective of the other woman, the goal of this is to let everyone know you always have the opportunity to level up. In every situation, you can ask yourself, do I want to level up or do I want to stay the same? And in this situation, we ask that question and here we are today and we're leveling up our lives and our moral values. So if there's one takeaway, that is my biggest you know, takeaway from this episode. And I want to thank you again, Kelly, for just being so kind and gracious and open-minded and for being so brave to come on this show and tell your perspective. Do you want to tell people what you're working on? I know you're working on a lot of projects. Yeah. Also, just so grateful to you ladies for being open and welcoming me with such warm energy and being so compassionate. It means a lot to me. And I think we're really helping rewrite the narrative of how women interact, just like the Barbie revolution. (laughs) Like women are so much stronger and more powerful together when we get rid of the brainwashing that the patriarchy has put on us for so long because it benefits them for women to stay divided because we are strong as fuck together and we will take over the planet and help save it (laughs) when we get together. So sorry, guys, like we're here to save the world. On that topic, I am actually working with my nonprofit on building a school in Uganda. So if anybody wants to help build that, we're almost at our goal. And I believe the info is in my bio on Instagram. If it's not, I will do that immediately. So it will be by the time you guys get this. And you can feel free to share my Instagram. I'm also working on a documentary based on that trip to Uganda and helping empower those women and children in a village that I visited through a sewing program. We bought a bunch of sewing machines and built a community center. So I want to help share their story and put more attention on how powerful those women are. It's just another example of like women being left on their own after many men over there have multiple wives and then leave the women to take care of the kids and the land. And it was really heartbreaking to see. It was very difficult to be there and interview these women, but also very empowering because they're so fucking strong and so fierce. And those kids just have 
so much joy and happiness in their heart, even though they have nothing. So it really gives me so much perspective on how much we have here and yet how miserable so many of us are. So yeah, really hoping to get that documentary finished and also looking for an investor. So <laughs> tap in with me if you want to go help more women. Awesome. And we'll definitely link your Instagram in our show notes as well. Thanks for coming on our show. We can all agree. At least he has good taste. (laughs) (laughs) What a takeaway. Mic drop. (laughs) Thank you for all of our listeners for coming along for this crazy ride. We've definitely made some podcasting history with this interview. Leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts, five stars, and maybe your takeaway from this episode. Have you been the other woman? Have you been the other guy? What has your experience been like? Just write it in the body of the review and on that note we're going to wrap up this episode stay dateable the dateable podcast is part of the frolic media network find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast you can follow us on instagram at dateable podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes and our premium programs also make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on apple Podcasts, spotify or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.